0: Well, if you say so. Your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome. This is Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Uh, today's guest is going to be awesome for a lot of you. If you're an attorney, you're going to love it. If you're a software company, you're going to love it. If you're thinking about podcasting, you're going to love it. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, but first, a little plug, you know if you're looking to make your law firm or software company stand out and be remembered to become the only choice. Your most powerful tool are your client stories. Video of your client stories improve the performance of every piece of your marketing. To learn how to create the perfect video case story, go to Authentic AuthenticWeb.media slash perfect case story, and that will be in the show notes. Awesome. Well, uh, Anand Apati. You got it. I got it. I had to get his name out. I was like practicing. I was practicing. And I, and, uh, but thank you so much for being on the show. He's from Case Text. We're going to talk about disruption today. We're going to talk about success stories. We're going to talk about using legal tools as marketing tools to, to really have your value proposition for a law firm out there, uh, his podcast, and how they're getting a SaaS company, how they're growing a SaaS company and really disrupting. Uh, on a, so tell me, how did you get involved in this? Because you were an attorney to start out, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, I've kind of cycled through a lot of the uh, occupations in the legal industry. I mean, before law school, I was a paralegal for three years. So I kind of handled that side of things. Uh, That's where I really started doing legal research before I even went to law school, passed the bar, et cetera. Um, You know, and that that alone was a very good insight as to where a lot of the legal research happens, right? I mean, there's a lot of brilliant paralegals doing that work. After that, I went to law school. Uh and then I practiced law for six years, first as a prosecutor, then as a litigator at a large firm. And I've been at Case for about three and a half years now.
0: And you made the jump from lawyer to business development because? That's right.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I never I mean, if you would have asked me five years ago that I would have had business development in my title now, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh um you know I so this was based on opportunities and um, the opportunity for innovation primarily that I saw in the legal industry right so mm-hmm. as an attorney uh, and as, as you know I know you, you've worked with a lot of attorneys you know a lot of the the attorney workflow uh, I was you know deep in that workflow and when you're deep in any workflow as a marketer as an attorney whatever it may be, you're privy to a lot of the worst parts of it and a lot of the best parts of it. And uh, a lot of the worst parts of it are very painful. And that's a kind of a Silicon Valley term, right? Mm-hmm. A pain point and then solving for that pain point. Uh, what I realized in my six years in practice is that there was a huge amount of pain in a lot of the verticals in legal. So everything from uh, you know uh, document review to billing and, and legal research What I kind of glommed onto was legal research. It it seemed very high stakes. Uh, It seemed incredibly important to the client, kind of make it or break it in a lot of cases and make it or break it with respect to a lot of briefs. Yet, in my mind, uh, it seemed utterly broken, right? Mm -hmm. It, It seemed to take way too long and maybe more alarmingly it seemed to be imperfect and it seemed to be prone to missing a lot of cases, even if you were a really good legal researcher. And so when I saw you know, after about uh, five years into law practice that I had an opportunity uh, to, to head over and be an early employee at Case Text, uh, I, I definitely – I took that uh, opportunity because I saw some folks who were really working to fix what I saw as some pretty bad parts of practicing law.
0: And I I think that you know your idea of pain points is super important because you say in Silicon Valley, but and it's outside everywhere, and especially attorneys don't listen enough to pain points, the real pain points. They try and you know we'll talk about increasing their value proposition, but you know they they think well, I answer my phone, is that a pain point right now to a possible client? Probably not. That's not the last thing they're thinking of. but I want to come back to what is case text, first of all. Let's get into what that is so we are clarify.
1: Yeah, glad to do it. Uh, we are a legal research platform, and that's kind of just the very beginning, right, because a mm-hmm. lot of your listeners – they're like, I think, thanks, but no thanks. I already have one, right? <laughs> well, we're a legal research platform that uh, is attempting to do a number of innovative things. The most innovative thing that we've done is looped artificial intelligence into our legal research platform. What do I mean by that, right? I mean, that's a term that has been around since the 50s that has been applied to everything and oftentimes misapplied, overapplied, et cetera. Here's what I mean when I say we apply artificial intelligence to legal research. Typically right now, You could do legal research um, or the only way you could do legal research is – putting in terms and putting in connectors. It's the same way that you might look for a restaurant in your neighborhood, you know, uh, taco, uh, open at this hour, close to this district, whatever, whatever, right? <clears throat> That's the same way legal research is done, right? What we realized is that it's so uncommon among litigators, among all types of attorneys, that you're really starting purely from scratch, right? You have, you're, you're working from something. You're working from an article, opposing counsel's brief, the complaint, your own brief that you're about to file, a memo, right, a letter, any number of things. So why not loop that document into your legal research process? So what we've done is created this kind of hybrid model of doing legal research where you put in those keywords, right, but not eight or ten, maybe one or two. And then you also drag and drop, and it's simple as that with respect to the interface, a document into our, you know, kind of Kara search is what we call it, um, and uh, it's, it stands for Case Analysis Research Assistant. And what our system does is applies natural language processing, applies latent semantic analysis uh, to essentially play a very complicated matching game to take the topics and concepts in the document that you've dragged and dropped into our uh, our you know interface and. Pair that up with the millions and millions of cases, statutes, articles, other briefs that are out there in the ether. And uh, we advance all of those for you so you don't have to do that painstaking and oftentimes error-prone process of doing legal research. Essentially, we find all of those cases for you based on the legal research and legal work that you or opposing counsel has already done. Why leave that work out when you could loop it into the legal research process. Don't start from scratch.
0: That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, And obviously saves a lot of time and money for the clients. Um, And we'll talk about using that in marketing. But, you know, my immediate thought is it seems like it should be a thousand times more effective than the old way. Have you done side by side comparisons, especially like I'm missing stuff.
1: Yes, so we actually just released, and I'd be glad to send it over to you. you can put it in your show notes, or, or uh, you know, however you distribute content. But we have that online. The National Legal Research Group um, just did a a white paper uh, with us, and we got some stunning statistics out of that. I won't bore your listeners with <laughs> just you know the numbers, but you know uh, um, it, what we did was a head to head. Uh, case text compared to Lexis Nexis or, or you know Lexis Lexis Advance, uh, which is their kind of new legal research uh, product, and we found that across the board with respect to both uh, speed at which you found the right cases and accuracy in finding the right cases, Case Text was you know way out in in, in way out in front, right? And this was not done by some you know, this was not done by academics. This wasn't done by first year associates. This was not done by a blog. This was done by seasoned legal researchers who all had, or the vast majority had big law firm experience. So these are the types of legal researchers that would be in the AMLAW 200 NLJ LJ 350. Um, these are your extremely skilled legal research experts who found that we were Head and head and shoulders above both res- with respect to efficiency and accuracy.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean when you have both of those, it's 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 a weapon that I mean it's imp- a powerful weapon, right? Um, and not only saving money, but also that peace of mind. I'm sure when you're like going through that. Um, and, and how did you set that up? Because I think for any type of because any type of SaaS tool, right, is is about Replacing finding a pain point and making it work better and showing the value now there's inherent value in, in, and you say efficiency and accuracy from an attorney standpoint you know sleeping better at night from a client standpoint saving money right Um, Right. but, but how did you go about setting up that type of case study.
1: Yeah, so we wanted it to be uh, as kind of scientifically rigorous as as possible. <clears throat> and what we realized is that obviously if you give someone the same legal research problem and they use case text first and then Lexis – they're going to have a much easier time solving for that when they go to Lexis, right? Because they've already done the legal research on case tech. So we had to get even more researchers in. And, you know, what we first did was get kind of a baseline, right, from these legal researchers of, and again, these are these are kind of expert legal researchers, as to what cases were the best ones, what cases were the most relevant. And then what we did is we cre- kind of created a scorecard and, and, and gave them the problem, the prompt Kind of de novo, and said, "Hey, uh, off you go." And uh, you know, we gave some of them case text, and some of them, uh, and some of them have Lexus advance, and they just got to um, you know take that bat and and swing uh, and, and see what, how many cases that were relevant that they, they found and how quickly they found them. Uh, and so we, you know, we, we tried to make it as rigorous as possible, but I mean, you know, that, that experiment and that white paper that, that came out of it, which is really brand new, right? Right. As I said, you know, yeah, I'll I'll give it to you in your show notes. It may have to be in a couple days, right? Because it it just came out. Um, now having said that, I mean, we have We have heard a lot of this anecdotally for a while. but of course, um, you, you know the white paper was kind of a white knuckle experience for us because we were waiting for the data to come back of course, you know as a company, i mean, you 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 hope that, what what we've been hearing for years is going to come to bear right because i mean how how would that feel if we get all these anecdotes and then we uh and then we get results back that says lexus is 8% more efficient than us i mean that'd be just heartbreaking um yeah. so it was definitely my yeah. knuckle experience waiting for that data but it was a giant sigh of relief and a, and 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 very exciting when we saw those numbers come back
0: i can only um, imagine but, wow <laughs> yeah. um that's a that's Fantastic. And that's exciting because now you're going to market with that. Um, and yes. so we're going to talk a little bit about your marketing. In a second, but I want to talk about now, if I'm a law firm and I, I can take because that to me is now providing more value to a client. How do I use something like that and say, hey, I'm using case text to to work with? How do I use that in my marketing? Yeah, it's a really good question. and I actually just spoke on this uh,
1: well God just uh, maybe a couple of months ago at the Legal Marketing Association tech uh, conference. And, you know, I think it's a good question, and you know I think marketers are really out front on this. I think marketers so frequently view things in, uh, in, in a way that law firms should as a whole. And so, uh, I think marketers are oftentimes some of our best friends here because when they look at innovation or they look at a new tech tool, they realize right away that this isn't just a tool that their attorneys can use, but this is a tool that they could talk about their attorneys using. And oftentimes, to a client, you know, I think a lot of attorneys assume that clients you know, uh, uh, don't really care how the sausage is made, right? Don't want the kind of the mess of law practice. They just want to see the deliverable. They just want to see the brief. They just want to see the completed memo. Well, I've talked to dozens and dozens and dozens of in-house counsel. And, you know, uh, that was part of my preparation of other talks I, I, I give on what your clients want. And that presumption couldn't be further from the truth. Your clients want to know, especially the tech clients, but also, uh, you know, you'd be surprised how many Fortune 500 chemical companies, or railroad companies, or you know, uh, uh, delivery companies are really—I mean, their branding isn't high tech, but they really are. I mean, these are some of the some of the most high-tech companies out there. They don't work in Silicon Valley. You know, they they don't brand themselves as high tech. But I mean, if you look at a lot of them, I mean, they are at the cutting edges of a lot of stuff. They want to know that their partners, whether that's consulting or legal, uh, are interested in using artificial intelligence or um, whatever tech tools are out there in that representation. In fact, if you're not and if you don't have an eye towards using technology in, in their representation, it's kind of a head scratcher for them. Right? Um, the entire world is constantly searching for the best tech. Why shouldn't you as an attorney, right? I mean, attorneys consider themselves oftentimes this, this old school profession, uh, this profession that's based on nobility and uh, tradition and old-fashionedness. But you know it is really uh, not necessarily something your clients want right They want the integrity and honor uh, associated with tradition, but they don't want the inefficiency and so what marketers are so good at doing is saying, hey, um, we got and you know, whether it's our client firms, you know, like Fenwick or Blank Rome or, you know, DLA Piper or Quinn Emanuel. You know, each of these firms have released some type of testimonials, press release saying, hey, we are aligned with this six-year-old uh, a Silicon Valley tech company called Case Text that is disrupting the industry. And that is really, a, that's driven by their marketers. I think some of the most brilliant people at a lot of law firms and it's being it's being pushed as an innovation message to signal to their clients that we are constantly onboarding new technology using new technology we are not asleep at the switch and we are doing that to uh, provide you more accurate legal representation and more efficient legal representation do business with us
0: that's a so true and and I think you have a point an important point there. It's great to see these big powerhouses coming to you and working with you. but a lot of these older law firms they're they're afraid of technology, they're frustrated by technology or they don't think they need to adapt to it, are laying this fall behind. so now that presents as a software company, as a saAS company um, a, a challenge for you, right? How do you overcome that challenge of getting in front of attorneys, getting them to change? Because I mean, they're slow moving. You know, I remember when we, I first started doing internet marketing and this was 2006, right. 2007. And people were like, Oh, the internet, is that thing still around? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. So I was essentially selling the internet and this is 2007. Facebook was already out. Right. Um, so how do you overcome that challenge? How are, how are you marketing, getting taste case, case texts in front of people?
1: Yeah. And, and so, uh, a, a lot of ways, right? I think, uh, a lot of typical marketing to law firms doesn't work too well, right? Um, billboards and mailers and a lot of that kind of stuff just doesn't work, right? The the thing that works with a lot of law firms uh, is the thought leadership style of marketing, content marketing, account-based marketing, right? Really tailored marketing. And it works because... Uh, law firms are some of the most sophisticated, discerning buyers you're going to find around. Um, and I say that it, it, you know because these are the folks who are going to really kick the tires on the tools that you've developed. I mean there's some law firms that we've talked to in 2016 that have just bought in the last two months – Right, that's a pretty long sales cycle. Now they're all—they're not all like that, right? But um, you know, a lot of them want to know that you aren't just a company doing disruptive things, but you are a team that is thinking of disruptive things. You're thinking of the next product line. You're thinking about the next thing in the industry. Uh, it's one reason why um, I started our case text podcast, right, with obviously a lot of help from, from my colleagues here. I know uh, you, you know uh, how much work it takes to, to get a podcast from its recording uh, to, to out there, you know, on Apple or, or whatever. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, that's why, you know, the Modern Lawyer podcast, which is where I interview a lot of the kind of leading voices – in the legal legal industry has stuck so well and i was just actually you know recently at a conference near washington dc called ilta and uh, so many people came to me and said hey i really appreciate listening to your podcast um, because I think there's so much interest right now and so much of a need right now in the legal industry for a lot of content on the cutting edges mm-hmm. uh, I think the legal industry uh, has gotten a bad rap as as extremely slow to buy you know not very innovative I really think that's changing now and I'm not just saying that because i'm I'm, I'm selling to these folks right um, I, when I was at my old law firm I felt, that things were very slow moving, and um, there didn't seem to be a lot of interest at law firms in buying. Uh, now, I feel like law firms are very serious about creating internally at their firms this kind of buying class. What I mean by that the is that the, uh, there's been a, a rise in this group at law firms called, called knowledge management. So often what you'll hear among enterprise SaaS is, You know, I can't sell to this sector because they don't know how to buy, right? (laughs) Knowing how to buy means having a very streamlined process of testing out a new product, trialing it among uh, um, professionals at the company, uh, figuring out whether you've gotten sufficient feedback, figuring out whether that feedback is sufficiently good. Um, sending it on to procurement if the firm has procurement, sending it along to the managing partner, reviewing the contract. If that isn't streamlined, you're gonna be in deep trouble selling into a sector. I think 10 years ago, law firms were uh, unstreamlined in buying technology. You would really have to kind of jam that technology in there and brute force it in. I've found though that law firms now are not like that anymore. They have these very strong knowledge management and library departments that know exactly how to buy. I mean, they aren't coming in, scratching their heads saying, so, like, what are the next steps you think? Right. No. I mean, they they know the process. They've set the process. Um, They certainly respect um, legal services providers like ours who have a very – clear understanding of how we sell but it is really changing as far as how we how we sell into law firms and how law firms establish whether something's valuable and how law firms determine whether they want to you know break off of sometimes very sizable chunk of their knowledge management and library budgets to buy something new
0: mm-hmm yeah and so I, I really like the idea of finding the so are you looking for the people that are streamlined? Or are you trying to educate them on how to streamline, or is it both?
1: Yeah, it, it's both. I mean, what I'm finding is in the AMLAW 200, maybe, the majority are streamlined at this point. Um, and, and uh, you know, the ones that aren't streamlined often kind of, you know, on the first call, the demo or whatever have you, kind of stand there hat in hand and apologize. You know, they say like, hey look, we're not really a tech kind of firm. So and and at that point they really appreciate when I say, hey, that's totally fine. Here's how we normally do it. Listen to this podcast on how we've sold. Listen to this webinar I did. Um, you know, this is how we recommend you uh, take a look at our our product and you know, one of the things I'm most proud of uh, with our CaseText product is, you know, we've sold to dozens and dozens and dozens of law firms. You know, we've sold to, you know, full firm-wide subscriptions to over 20% of the AMLaw 100 alone and then dozens of more AMLaw 200 and, and NLJ 350 kind of firms. The thing that I'm most proud about is not that. Uh, what I'm most proud about is our 100% renewal rate. No firm that has ever subscribed to CaseText has ever canceled their subscription. Wow. Um, that for us is – the is, is I mean that should be the expectation, right? Uh, when we sell to a firm, we make sure that we are a good fit. If we're not a good fit or they seem to be kind of reluctantly limping into the buying process, we, unlike a lot of other enterprise SaaS, um, slow that whole thing down and say maybe next year. Because we are jealously guarding that 100% renewal rate because we know how precious that is. We know how rare that is. Um, And so I have personally uh, suggested that a firm does another product trial because our usage numbers didn't look good enough for me. And I slowed it down and said no. Um, it's rare. I mean, typically, you know, 85, 90% of firms that do product trials with us have very strong usage and move on to subscribing to our platform. But if they don't now nah, it's not, it's not something that, that we, that we move forward and do. Um, so, you know, we're, we're patient with firms. We want to make sure that this is a good fit.
0: Uh, that's great. And exactly. that, that's super important because it's so easy to say, let's just get it into everyone. And, and, hope that some right. of them stick. Uh, I think, I think that's very, very important being selective these days because also it keeps you happier. keeps your, your team happier. It keeps you feeling more successful. Yes. Um, and so speaking of success, you know, I'm big on selling with stories, video case stories, telling p- stories. Right. What are some of your best stories besides, I mean, obviously your, your new, um, your white paper is amazing, but you must have Correct. some anecdotal stories that have really ch- transformed businesses.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, there's one that comes to mind right away. And, uh, this is a firm that we were pitching to. That's now a, uh, a subscriber, a large Amlaw got 2015, you know, one of the largest firms in the world. And, um, I was pitching to a number of partners and associates in their New York office and um, the Partner uh, in the room was working on a, a case in the Delaware Court of Chancery. Now, I had my pre-baked brief, and I was showing them this uh, this brief that I always use. It's almost rehearsed in my mind. Doesn't matter if I'm sleep deprived or if I just got <laughs> off the plane. I could just do this demo, right? But you know, I was you know, oftentimes in law, you're working with some really sharp people and some people who um, will put you on the spot, and as they should. You know, here, here's a tip to all buyers out there. Anyone who tries to sell to you, put them on the spot. It's it's for ev- it's to everyone's benefit, all right. But uh, I was going through the motions in this demo, and this partner in this room of maybe ten folks in this conference room in New York, overlooking you know gorgeous Midtown, said, uh, "Hey, you know this brief is nice and all, but I'll tell you, I'm working on one right now. Do you mind if I send it to you uh, right now?" And I kind of paused, and my jaw dropped, <laughs> and I was like. Uh-huh. In my mind, I was like, "Well, <laughs> what do you say? No here. <laughs>
0: yeah. If I
1: say no, it's half the room that just walks out." Uh, so I said, "Yeah, of course, and of course." You know, I kind of put on this confident face. I said, "Yeah, of course. You know, anything goes. You know, bring bring it on." So we went back to his office, emailed it to me, and kind of rushed back and leaned forward like this, and uh, uh, was kind of looking at what what I what I was was going to do. And sure enough, I took that brief and I dragged and dropped it into the center of my screen. This was a brief involving some shareholder dispute about a about a corporation, and I drag and drop that uh, brief in, and I put in you know the term corporation or something, and it comes back with a bunch of cases, and my heart sinks a bit when I see the first case because it is a family law case. And the, as far as I can tell, this brief has nothing to do with family law. And so I try to kind of sneakily scroll by the first case. <laughs> the second one it has something to do with a kind of shareholder dispute. Then, of course, partner, sharp as he is, says, well, let's just start at the top. Now, why don't you click on that first one? And so I feel like a, you know, kind of a lamb to the slaughter. Uh, and, and I click on the top case. And I'm already saying, well, you know, um, sometimes, you know, the, the – the, you know, the, cases, the cases aren't perfect and I don't know how that was kind of ready to give this kind of disclaimer when he says, huh, this is a divorce case. I wonder why this divorce case is the top case. Scroll down. And so at that point, I've, resi- I've resigned myself to a bad demo. I'm scrolling down. As I start reading this case with adrenaline flowing in my body, I realize that this case – is a divorce case about a company that owned a corporation together that was breaking up the corporation. And a lot of the case law that he was trying to find and trying to get to was laid out by this family law judge in Delaware. And a lot of this, a lot of this case involved this shareholder dispute. And he stopped and he said, wow, that's incredible. I never, would have, I never would have looked at a divorce case. Wow, brilliant. Can you email me that? <laughs> and sure enough, I, I clicked on the URL and I emailed it to, to, to his email and, and I breathed a sigh of relief and you know, I've told that story. Here I am a year and a half later uh, because this is an example of the fact that our algorithm and our artificial intelligence technology never went to law school. It doesn't know to exclude a divorce case. It's going to give you the case that matches best with the topics and concepts in your brief. That's, yeah. And every now and then, yeah. the top, top, top case is going to be a case that looks wacky. And you're going to click on it and go, wow, these case text guys are, are nuts. And you're going to scroll down a couple times and go, wow, I can't believe I missed this case. But you missed it because – of the same reason I would have missed it, and that's because I went to law school, and I learned to do legal research in a very regimented way, and in in part, I learned to exclude all of these kind of silly cases. Oftentimes, the silly cases, the cases that are kind of that needle in a haystack, are way out over there in haystacks that you're not even searching in. That's the beauty of artificial intelligence and the beauty of technology applied to legal research it doesn't care that you're not looking over there it's going to advance those cases to you.
0: i love that story because you know we talk so much about the technology and the technology seems all cool but that story like makes makes you feel it makes you feel it and like even if you're not an attorney you can understand now why that would work and how it works right. and, and and the amount of time and money it could save and, you know, possibly even save a case because he didn't, he would have never looked yes. there and maybe found that piece of information. That was the, the turning point. That's, that's a great story. That's so cool. So I'm assuming now I'm going to come bring it back to the podcast. Cause you talked about how you're using the podcast. Obviously you're using the podcast for marketing, getting in front of other attorneys, but you told me about like using the podcast to educate prospects. How are you doing that? Yeah, and one thing I've learned among a lot of law
1: firms, like law firms are businesses, but they are very intellectual businesses. They're kind of academic minded. They are uh businesses that really relish in, you know, new ideas and new approaches to things. Um and and so, you know, a big part of the podcast was um, you know, aligning us with a lot of thought leaders out there and talking about, you know, as I say at the beginning of every podcast that, that I host, it's a podcast about rapid change in the legal industry. Because for the first time, I think in many, many dozens of years, uh, every, every person in the legal industry, whether you are an attorney or marketer or, uh, or you've got the term innovation in your title, you know that things are moving fast. Uh, it's one big reason why I love the legal industry. It is in rapid change, and I find that to be exciting. It, you know, the podcast itself is for marketing. You know, I mean, it is to uh, uh, you know align uh, myself and case text ideas um, with a lot of the ideas out there. But oftentimes, it is just because we found a kind of void in. Uh, discussions about rapid change in the legal industry out there in the market. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, uh, um, I I think was this, uh, I'm going to butcher this, maybe the Beatles or something, right? I forget who it was, but it was, you know, they wanted to make the music they wanted to listen to, right? And, you know, with this podcast, it's almost like I wanted to make the podcast that I wanted to listen to. Right? a podcast that brings on kind of movers and shakers in the legal industry whether it's in um, at a law firm or in-house counsel you know we've had the uh, uh, assistant general counsel at Microsoft talking about what he demands from in uh, from outside counsel we've had the VP of litigation at Macy's international you know uh, so we've had in-house folks we've had uh, um, you know chief knowledge officers and innovators at law firms we've also had fellow entrepreneurs and I really want to have on compassion as well. I mean, because this, this market is about expanding the pie. It's not about us trying to well, lock something down. You know, I want other voices in legal research on the podcast as well. But it is really about keeping the conversation going and making sure that case text uh, is a part of that conversation.
0: That's great, and I love your sense of abundance with it with the podcast too, because it's like having competitors on, having you know a variety of people, even if they're doing the same thing. That's really great because you know I think that that's important in today's sense of marketing. Is it'll get you a lot further, and I think. You know, if you're a lawyer or you're a SaaS company, realize that there's really not as much competition as you think if you're really doing things the right way. Uh, that's great. Great. So, uh, what, what's your agenda going forward? You're speaking more. Where can people see you and, and how do people get in into case text to try it out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Go to casetext.com and click free trial at the very top. You'll get uh, a two-week trial. One thing I really want to emphasize here is I've talked a a fair amount about uh, large law firms. Our current biggest push is to solo and small lawyers. Uh, I believe our current price is $89 uh, a month. Um, and wow. uh, yeah, $89 a month uh, per attorney. Right? So if you're a solo, I mean, this is like what a couple, you know, a couple magazine subscriptions or something like that, right. For a critical part of the legal research that you do. So all those small, uh, firm attorneys and solo attorneys, I mean, we have literally hundreds signing up a month at this point. Um, we are on a roll with solos and small firm attorneys. Um, and you know, the way we frame it is, We've, we've sold to a ton of large law firms already. We know that you want the same tools. We know that you want to be able to compete with them. Why shouldn't you be able to do the same quality work that they do? Well, technology will give you uh, at least uh, a lot of the tools that they're using. And uh, you know that's a big message that we that we have going forward. Um, So I'd strongly encourage a lot of those folks to to sign on. We have a very user friendly site. You know, um, one of the things that we've uh, we we've been very proud to announce is that we've never have had an instruction manual, as it were, right? Uh, Neither does an iPad or Amazon.com, right? I mean, you go on there and you put things in the cart and you check out, or you you give the iPad to, to a two year old. And the two-year-old is clicking on things and playing games, right? They don't know how to read. No one taught them how to use an iPad. They just intuitively get it. Um, our site, we hope, is, you know, no, I'm, not, I'm not putting us in the same bucket as Apple or Amazon, right? I don't <laughs> want to get ahead of myself. But we, we hope our site is uh, the, the legal research equivalent uh, of that. So sign on to the website, click free trial, and see for yourself. Click on the big orange button that says Kara. Um, Kara artificial intelligence, Kara AI, and drag and drop a document and see for yourself. Um, you know, I, I think it's a proofs in the pudding kind of situation, and you should take a look. As far as me, I'm doing an increasing amount of speaking. I'm I'm actually uh, speaking at a legal technology conference in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, in about three weeks. So I'm flying down to speak there. It's uh, put on in, in collaboration with the International Bar Association. I'm at the ARC Knowledge Management Conference in New York, next month. i um, speaking at another one uh, in November that I'm currently blanking on. Um, you know, but legal technology, rest assured, is not just a U.S. phenomenon. It is hot and it is changing the way law is practiced in, uh, you know, in, in North America, South America, uh, all over. Um, so, so keep an eye out uh, for that. Actually, I think our next episode or the one after is a Voices of Brazilian Legal Tech Uh, episode. So if you want to see a lot of the commonalities in different countries, in what lawyers and law firms are kind of coping with or dealing with, um, take a listen to that podcast. The podcast is called the modern lawyer.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. So we'll have links to the modern lawyer podcast. You just click on the show notes, click on the image. We'll have links to that. Um, we'll have links to uh, casetext.com. And, uh, is there any other things, any other resources out there that we should be sending to, or are those the two best?
1: I think those are the two best ones. Our website is a wealth of information. You know, we have FAQs and tutorial videos on there as well. So, uh, uh, you know, I hope your your uh, listeners click on that and see if it's a good fit.
0: All right. Awesome. I'm sure they will. I mean, if you're an attorney, definitely check it out. And if you're a SaaS company, I mean, watch what they're doing. I think you're, you've are you got a nice, well-rounded approach. It's very focused, a great message. And uh, I, I really appreciate you sharing all, all of your insight with us.
1: Hey, I really appreciate it, and it's an honor to be on, and I I, I really uh, am uh, proud of getting the invite. Thank you.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Anand, thank you so much, and make sure to check check out uh, casetext.com. And this has been Anand and Ayan saying thank you very much and for taking us on your journey, and uh, make sure to take some action on it. If you haven't signed up already, make sure to sign up for the free training. It's free for a limited time. The Level Up Video Marketing Training. Really take your business to the next level. Just go to authenticweb.media slash level up or click on the show notes and there will be a link right there. I look forward to seeing you in the training and look forward to seeing you level up your business.